When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates Northbrook, Illinois. On the Texas A&M Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College, this is Studio 12, your podcast home for Texas A&M athletics. Studio 12 is driven by your Texas Ford dealers. Ford is built to lend a hand. Your Texas Ford dealer can assist with home delivery and other vehicle service options. Let us do our part and help take care of you. Howdy, and welcome to another edition of Conversations. I'm Andrew Monaco. Very pleased today to be joined by Dr. Ryan Pitzinger. He's the Director of Counseling and Sports Psychology for Texas A&M Athletics. May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Ryan, thank you so much for joining us. I am so looking forward to this. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Andrew. It's a true pleasure. Ryan, tell me all that encompasses the Director of Counseling and Sports Psychology, and your department and working with, with the Aggies. Yeah, so um, our department is a department of, of two. Uh, it's myself and then Dr. Lauren Craig. We're both uh, licensed psychologists in the state of Texas, and um, I've been a part of the department and, and kind of helped create the department within athletics for about five or six years now. Um, and 
prior to the department um, kind of being official in athletics, Dr. Marianne Covey, who's a, now the director over at the Counseling Center, she started a relationship with athletics, providing primarily mental health services. Um, and so, you know, taking care of athletes that were presenting with symptoms of, you know, anxiety, depression, suicidality, relationship concerns. Uh, and then I came and I did my, my internship, um, which is the last portion of your doctoral degree um, at NM's Counseling Center. And then that's when I really started the, the relationship uh, through Marianne with athletics. And then when uh, that internship year was done, um, that's when I, I kind of became the liaison to athletics. And then about six months later, hired me full, full time. And we've just been growing ever since. Is it, is it fair to say that A&M has been ahead of a lot of colleges and athletic departments with a, with a position and um, an, an office, if you will, like this? Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, more specifically, A&M has really been ahead in the support that they offer and uh, how inclusive they are of mental health and sports psychology. Um, at a lot of other institutions, the sports psychologist really has to kind of scratch and claw to be able to get access or be able to do their job. And for me, from day one, uh, they have been incredibly supportive, welcoming, and um, really have made it so easy. So from the administration, down to the coaches, to the athletic trainers, to the support staff, that everybody really sees the value of mental health and the services that we provide and how it directly impacts the student athletes and then indirectly impacts a lot of the other people that, that have access to those student athletes. And so that's one of the main areas where uh, A&M is really, really ahead um, of not only institutions within the SEC, but across the country. So how does a guy get a bachelor's in psychology from Utah the master's from Long Beach in sports psychology, the PhD counseling psychology in Iowa. You crisscrossed the country, didn't you? I did, yeah. And I'm originally from Manhattan Beach, California, so small <laughs> little beach town. And um, I think I'm still defrosting from my time in, in Iowa. I've never been so cold in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, part of it was is I always knew that I wanted to be a psychologist and uh, we, my family is – we have a family friend who um, is a sports psychologist, kind of one of the, the early ones. And I just always admired the work that, that he did. And that's really kind of what got me looking in that direction. And then um, I, there, there's not many, when I was going through my educational process, there wasn't a lot of opportunity to specialize in sports psychology. There's only you know a handful of programs. And so I just kind of went where I could find what I needed. Um, and that's the path that it took me on. So it was going to be just regular psychology, Ryan, at first, and then the, and then you branched into the sports. Yeah. So when I was a, a kid, um, I actually, I, you know, started out as I think most psychologists do, where you just want to help people. And I always thought that it'd be fun to help, you know, to be a child psychologist. And, and then once I learned a little bit more about what that entails, I quickly changed my mind. I just, there's, my heart couldn't take it. Mm -hmm. um, and 
and I've always had a real passion for sport um, growing up, you know, surfing and skateboarding and snowboarding. And, uh, and then I had a, a, an injury uh, when I was in high school um, that impacted my ability to participate in sport. And so that really got me thinking about how, how can I uh, work with the kind of psychological disposition and um, just the athlete's experience from, from a mental health side of things. From a, from a sports psychology standpoint, you deal with the student athletes, a combination of their performance as well as being open to the mental health counseling, don't you? Yep, absolutely. Yeah, so as licensed psychologists, uh, we can see anything that comes in the door uh, from the mental health side. So a lot of the things that, that student athletes come into our office for are symptoms of anxiety, depression, um, suicidality, some sort of crisis, uh, loss, trauma, grief, substance use or abuse, uh, some concern regarding maybe ADHD or a learning disability. And, and then also, we see a lot of people that are functioning really, really well, and they just want to work on some sort of aspect of their athletic performance. Uh, and so we just work with them to help them achieve a higher level of excellence. And some of the things that we work on in that realm is maybe it's being more focused in the present moment, um, being more self-compassionate, um, being able to... Um, acknowledge some of the fears of, of failure and then refocus their their energy so that they um, are focusing on what they need to do right here right now opposed to some of the other um, distractions you mentioned that fear of failure one thing jumped out at me talking with jimbo fisher during his radio show and i asked him about um not specializing in sports and playing other sports and he said he was a big fan of that. And I asked him why. My thought was, you get to use different muscles. You're always using your mind. He said, how do you handle, it, it, it shows me how you handle failure. He said, especially in baseball. And I never thought of it that way. There's, there's, it's very much um, uh, a single-mindedness and, and how you do overcome something like that that's one thing on the on the sports side ryan then when you add 18 to 22 year old student athletes <laughs> that failure can be in a bigger arena so to speak and it doesn't have to be just kyle field or or reed arena um you you wonder how do you handle that and sometimes on a scale like this and in, in in college athletics it's it's a it's a bigger platform, and you can really help them with that, can't you? Absolutely. Right. You gotta you know think about it, and you you said it really well. These are eighteen to 22, 23 year old uh, young adults who are are dealing and navigating with all the other stressors and difficulties and adjustments in life, and then you throw on um, this sport, which is a big deal. Right. This is this isn't just little league anymore, and so. Um, it's really being able to talk with them about how they manage that, that pressure. And also that it's, if we're really focused on the process of things, it, it's not so much about the outcome, 
right? Yeah, the outcome's important, but if we really focus in the here and now and focus on the process of what can I do right here, right now to do my very best, everything else will shake out. The outcomes will come um, if you allow, if you specialize and really hone in on that process. And so that's what we talk with a lot of student athletes about is how do you manage that? And also that, you know, having fear, being worried, being scared, absolutely normal, right? We can't control a lot of that stuff. What we can control though is how we manage it and what we do with it. And so we work from um, kind of an empowerment model where it's let's focus on the things that we have control over that we can influence and let's not really mind all that other stuff too much attention. Some people just know bundling with Allstate means big savings. Just like they know the right ingredient means big flavor. They know honey on pizza is where it's at. And olive oil on ice cream is the cherry on top. And they know when you bundle home and auto with Allstate, you can save up to 25%. Mm -mm. Bundled savings vary by state and are not available in every state. Saving up to 25% is the countrywide average of the maximum available savings off the home policy. Allstate Vehicle and Property Insurance Company and Affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois. I can just imagine that right around March 15th, <laughs> everything changed for the student athletes. Did they, and, and the coaches, to tell you the truth, with COVID-19, spring sports being canceled, what the NCAA declared, how has this last month and a half, almost two months, been for you and the student athletes here? Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's changed um, quite considerably, um, not only for the coaches and the athletes, but the staff, for the fans as well. Uh, uh, one of the things that came up with student athletes that we started talking with some of them way back in January uh, was just some of the fear and the trepidation, right? We, we have some student athletes that are more kind of personally impacted by this than others, but whether that's because they have some sort of immune deficiency disorder or they have a family member that, that COVID-19 can or could really impact. And so we were talking through some of the fears about that. And also once the sports got shut down, there was a lot of discussion regarding um, kind of their identity as a young man and young woman in their sport, because for a large part of their life, they've identified as I'm Bob, the football player. Well, now all of a sudden, I don't have that, that part of my identity isn't as salient because it's kind of taken away from me. And so uh, working through that, and then also being able to process just some of the, the loss. I, I, there's a part of me that says, wow, if anybody can handle it, it is an athlete because they deal with that and, and the growth. But then there's the other part of me that says the athletes are so good. Student athletes are so good as busy as their day can be. There's that structure and they can control that. I have to be a class and I have to be a practice. And this is what I have to do. They lost that control this spring, didn't they? Absolutely. They, they 100% did. And for a lot of them, it's the first time in their lives that they can remember that that structure is gone. For a lot of these student athletes, they've been participating in their sport since they were five, six, seven years old. And it's so ingrained in their routine and their schedule. And now all of a sudden that's gone. And there's this expectation of, 
okay, well, now you just got to kind of figure it out. And so the support staff within athletics has done a tremendous job, Joe Fields and the academic staff and each uh, sport specific support staff has done just a phenomenal job at being able to be attuned to that and then also trying to build in as much structure um, if that's what a particular student athlete is, is needing. But that uh, change in routine is, is really, really uh, significant. Ryan, how happy are you that there's no longer the stigma to stuff like this? I, it's something that, that we try to battle against every single day, that the stigma has really reduced. It's still there. Um, but it is so different from even two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. Really, you know, what we're seeing now is we oftentimes will have a couple people waiting outside of our offices because, you know, we have so many appointments throughout the day. And so they'll overlap. And years ago, you'd be worried about, um, well, gosh, is, are, are they going to be embarrassed that someone else is seeing and waiting to come in? And nowadays, people are often talk about coming in and, and working with us. They post about it on social media, right? We're, we're really intimately connected with the majority of the team. So we travel with them, we're at practice, we're at games. Uh, and we're really just seeing like another mem member of the sports medicine staff or, or kind of um, team staff. And so I think part of why that stigma has been reduced is because of the support that we get in so many different areas and on so many different levels and so it's not just me trying to sound the alarm saying hey you know seeking help for mental health or for sports psychology is okay there's so many people that are singing that same tune and that's really what what um, allows that stigma to be reduced and and there's still quite quite the road to to go down in order to, to kind of keep that um, awareness progressing and the stigma being reduced. In your role is really like any role in athletics. Once you gain the student athletes trust, that's huge, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And that's, um, we wouldn't be able to do our jobs unless we could cultivate that. And that's, it's, it's really about building a relationship and um, confidentiality, as I mentioned before, is, is really paramount to, our position as psychologists. And so all the coaches know, all the administrators know, all the student athletes know that um, for the most part, outside of what we would legally have to share, um, everything they talk about with us is, is confidential. And there's very, very few places in this world where that actually happens. And so it's really nice for them because they can come in and talk about, uh, you know, relationship concerns, coach concerns, team dynamic concerns, family, personal, anything, and they actually get to be authentic and they get to be genuine and they don't have to filter anything. And I think that's what allows for um, a lot of the, the growth and the work to be done. You mentioned being there at, at practice or on the trips and, you know, we'll, we'll be at practice and I, and I see you there and then I see the interaction and the, and the relationships and, um, again, I, I think that's I think that's tremendous. Again, it's it's to me it's almost one more tool for success. You mentioned Jimbo. I I saw the um, 
the, the picture of you were there with basketball when they got back to Reed Arena after Nashville, the last time they were going to be together. And then not much later than that, Ryan, I hear Ross Bjork talking about how important your role is. Once again, it's, it's, it's a university. Texas A&M has embraced that role. So when you have that kind of a leadership group that trusts you and what you're doing, and, and I'm thinking about Ross Bjork specifically, director of athletics, that has to make it so much more comfortable and easier for you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've really taken that on, on myself. That's my job is, is to be able to build those relationships um, and be able to earn that trust and earn that respect. Right. I, I don't, I, I tell a lot of the clients and student athletes that I meet with them, I don't want you to give me that trust or give me that respect. Let me earn it. And, and I know that I can. And I think that that allows um, for that to just be built and, and cultivated. Um, and I think that there's a, an authenticity that needs to be there. There's a realness because it's really hard to connect to somebody if they're not genuine and if you can't uh, see them as being a human being. And so I could sit back, you know, in my chair in my office and um, just kind of mind my P's and Q's and, and you know, have somebody come in and then on to the next person, on to the next person, on to mm -hmm. the next person. But I don't think that I would be as effective and as relatable if I did that, right? If I wasn't out there um, building those relationships, putting myself in in their environment because that's what's important is hey this guy's invested this guy cares it's a lot more than just his job they're not talking at you right they're talking with you exactly right that's where the that's where the trust gets built uh, ryan social media plays such a huge part uh in our in our world uh that connection seemingly 24 hours um, there are so many upsides to it. There can be a downside to it. Um, with student athletes today, uh, do you sometimes have to let them understand that that is one of, well, I take, it is something they control, but at times it's, it's things they can't control because there are some nasty people on, on social media just don't care about the, the person, the student athlete. Um, how does that play into how you deal with student athletes? Yeah, and that's been something that, that really um, has come up a lot. And just because of how prevalent social media is, just as you mentioned, so many people, almost everyone has at least a Twitter or Instagram, Facebook. Um, and so there's a lot of really positive things that come out of that. And some of the less than desirable things is, um, just the comments that are made, and, and sometimes these student athletes will be barraged by hundreds and hundreds of these comments if they win a game or they lose a game. And um, I think, like anyone, if you hear, it's hard to hear hurtful comments. It just is. Like, I don't care how strong, I don't care how much money you make, how popular you are. It's hard to hear that stuff, especially when it's not 100% warranted. And so we, there's a lot of times where we just talk through the sadness of that or the pain of that. It's not saying, hey, you know what, that person doesn't matter. You don't even know them. No, they already know that. What they need to be able to do is just be able to feel it and say, gosh, 
it's so incredibly hurtful when somebody says X, Y, and Z about your family, or when somebody says that they wish that you were dead because you you didn't make the game-winning catch. Like that sort of stuff has lasting impacts, and so it's being able to be a resource for that when that does happen. Is it a is it a matter of that what you were saying? That's not part of your identity. They're more than that. Yeah, absolutely. And and for the most part, um, the student athletes they know that cognitively, but emotionally, it still has an impact. Like they know that somebody in Nebraska who makes that comment, they're never going to see him, never anything. But it still has a emotional kind of toll and impact on them, and and it's being able to to work through that. I'm going to steal a question from another podcast that you did because I'm not, I'm, I'm not afraid to steal. <laughs> if you could talk to the parents of student athletes, Ryan, what would your message be? Yeah, I don't remember my exact response to that. I think it was something to the effect of, of um, make sure that you, you let your, your child know that you love them and that you're proud of them. I think it was something to that effect. Um, and I'll, that same answer applies to this question um, because I think that that is something that we all really, really desire. We just, as humans, we desire to be accepted and loved, right? And if we have that, normally we can operate pretty well. And so, and that's not saying that you don't hold your, your, your child um, accountable or responsible for, you know, for, for their behavior. No, that's really important to set boundaries and to make sure that you uphold those boundaries. However, it's equally important to make sure that they know that they're cared about. And so um, a lot of times, you know, a, a parent will say, well, gosh, I'm surprised that, that, this, that, that my kid is having a hard time with this or that. They, they know that I love them and the child will look at them and say, well, you never tell me that. You never express that. You never give me a hug. You never write me a note and, and tell me how, how proud you are. All I really hear is, is how disappointed you were when I did this or when I did that. And so I think that we, we think about things a lot and we may not always express them. And, and I know that I'm guilty of that. There's times that I, I think about people or I wonder how they're doing and I never reach out. So that person never knows. But in my mind, they're the most cared and thought about person that there is, but they have no clue because I did a really poor job of communicating. The, what I am finding out uh, as, as congratulations, by the way, on the dad of twins. Thank you. Very, very <laughs> that is wonderful. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's wonderful. And it's a, uh, it, like I am back at the infancy stage of my learning. Everything is new. <laughs> Everything. And so, um, my my wife has been just exceptional and she's really kind of in the glue that's held everything together and so i'm just trying to follow her lead but it's it's been a really special process so far i i always talk about student athletes having to budget their time you're right in the middle of that aren't you oh my gosh yes. <laughs> uh, no and that's been that's been one of the things that's been really exceptional is just the support from everybody in athletics in particular justin moore and Ross, um, the coaches, everybody has just been, and, and all the student athletes, they, so many of them have reached out and, and it's just been um, so nice 
it, it really highlights the family that uh, Texas A&M athletics really is. You know, it's, it's, it's funny, Ryan, because there are some schools or some organizations, they talk about the family, but I don't think they back it up. But Texas A&M is very different that way, isn't it? It is uh, very, very different. And, and the, just the people that have reached out, whether, you know, from Jimbo and, um, and his family, you know, Courtney and the kids and um, so many different people down the line um, have been just so gracious and, and kind with their time and their resources. And it's, it's been very heartwarming. I have to tell you that I can't wait until we all get back together, that I do see you on the, <laughs> on the at, at practice. Uh, hard to be separated, especially when you love being around uh, everybody. But I, I, I thank you for doing this. I really do. I, it's, uh, and, and you know what? We need to do it again, not in the month of May. Not that that's not important, yeah. um, but just a chance to, to, to catch back up because I enjoyed this immensely. No, absolutely. And, and Thank you very much, Andrew. You've, you've always been an advocate of this and always been very supportive um, from the moment that you stepped foot on campus. And so I remember actually meeting you the very first time, I think it was at, uh, at the canteen, uh, you were having lunch or, or something like that. And it was probably before you even got announced, but you were just so kind and gracious uh, from, from the first get-go. And so um, I'm happy to come back anytime that you'll allow me. I appreciate that. And as I hear the smile in your voice, uh, being part of Aggie Athletics, please know I am thrilled to be here. And like I say, it is about the family, and you are definitely part of that. I thank you so much for this. Thank you. Dr. Ryan Pitzinger, he is the Director of Counseling and Sports Psychology here with Texas A&M Athletics. He's been my guest here on Conversations.